So here we go. So what's the main purpose of eating? Well, we all know that. It's to stay alive. Right? you got to eat to stay alive. Food is essential to life. It provides us the energy that our body needs. Um, nutrients like proteins, vitamins, carbohydrates, that I love. Uh, fats I love and minerals to our body. What we eat matters. Of course, talking about physical food, right? What we eat matters. Now, I'm not a picky eater. Okay, the people that know me know I'm not a picky eater. They know that. I just know what I like. And I know what I don't like. And if it's working for you, there's no need to change the menu. So, our appetites dictate the direction of our lives. So the question is, where do we want to go? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a few things about uh, foods that I don't like. I don't like fruits and vegetables. Just don't. I'll have a banana once in a while. I'll have cut green beans out of a can. And I'll have corn. That's the extent. Everything else is meat and potatoes. I'm a carnivore, and I like it. So, foods I do like. Mountain Dew. Nacho Doritos. Uh, I'm going to say this correctly. Gummy Bears. That's how my mom said it. That's how I say it. Um, nutty bars. So have you ever, you know, when you're hungry and you start prowling the house and you go to the fridge, you go to the pantry, and there's that something special that you're looking for. And sometimes you've already been to the pantry, but, you know, I may have missed something. I need to go check again. And it's really interesting that when we're hungry and we want to be fed, we will, we will wake up in the middle of the night. And we'll go check that fridge again or the pantry. So I don't like, when I was growing up, I did not like rice. Did not like um, cheese. Interesting enough, I like pizza, but I did not like cheese. And for some ever reason, growing up, that, that, was, that was the law in my mind. But then, you know, I get married and Sarah says, well, you know that there's cheese on pizza. Well, maybe maybe it's just not the... The hard cheese that you like, maybe you like the melted cheese. So she started throwing some things in there, and you go, hey, yeah, I kind of like that. You know, I could go to the Mexican restaurant now and not order a hamburger and fries. <laughs> I'm growing. There's some adjustments that have been made in my life. So uh, I love chicken curry uh, rice. I love pork chops gravy over rice. I cannot get enough rice now. But... I did not like it growing up. There was an adjustment and some changes that, that, I, that I made. Well, how did those changes come about? Well, I just I wanted to be healthier. And if I wanted to be healthier, then I had to make some changes. I had to let some things go, and I had to welcome some things. In essence, we, we would say from a spiritual standpoint, I needed to be open to what the, the Lord had for me. I really didn't want to be open. But if I wanted to be healthier, I had to make a decision. So... Uh, but I do eat those, uh, those foods now. So hunger. What is hunger? It's a strong desire. It's a craving for something. And I know in my life that when I crave something, I can't think about anything else until that craving has been met. I, I will pursue it. 
I will go after it. I will, you know, in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll get, you know, and I've done this when I was single. I don't have to do it now that I'm married, thank God. You know, I'd, I'd get in my car and I'd go to McDonald's. You know, I, I'm not going to cook, so I'm going to go to McDonald's. But if I was hungry, I'd go and I'd go get something. Hunger is a craving for. So tonight's uh, message on staying hungry, uh, my scripture is Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And in reading the scripture, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot in that. Well, first of all, we know that we need to be hungry, and we need to hunger after his plans, his righteousness, what he wants. So we have to, we have to strive for that. But in essence, when we do that, the last part of the scripture says, then you'll be fulfilled. That emptiness that's in your heart will be filled. That emptiness can simply be that dream that you're believing for. It hasn't been filled yet, but it's on its way. We have to stay hungry for it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. But a lot of times we want to be filled and we don't think about the beginning of that scripture, about the hunger and the thirsting, the striving. What is it that I can do um, to not necessarily... You could say prime the pump. You can say, you know, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. But I can't, I can't twist the Lord into moving any faster or any quicker. You know, that, that's what, you know, this message is not about that. It's about we are blessed when we hunger and thirst after him. And when we hunger and thirst after his righteousness, then we will be filled. We don't have to worry about the end result. God will take care of that. So. Some scriptures of people that were hungering for him. If you turn to uh, Mark chapter 5. And I had some other scriptures, but these these three uh, really uh, stood out to me. Mark chapter 5, and and I'm going to read verses 25 through 29. It says, "Now, uh, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She was hungering and thirsting for the Lord to touch her her life. But there was something that she had to do to begin with. Now, for 12 years, she had this ailment, this flow of blood. She went to the doctors and the scripture that she even got worse. The physicians couldn't help her. And yet she'd heard about Christ and she said within herself, and let me back up. She not only said within herself, it said she said. She verbalized what she needed to do. And she pressed through that crowd. For a woman to have a flow of blood, she is not to be out in public. And yet she dared to go out in public because she hungered and thirsted after Christ. She knew that if she touched the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. And she was healed. And a matter of fact, the Bible says immediately the fountain of her blood dried up. Immediately. And in, I didn't plan on, but in, in my studying of this, the word immediately kept coming up, as you will see. Let's turn to 
As you're turning to Acts chapter 16, I'll make that last comment. So she pressed the crowd, and she said, she spoke to her mountain to be removed. What is your mountain? Don't worry about the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Hunger and thirst after Christ's righteousness, and you'll be filled. Acts chapter 16. It's another scripture. Verses 16, this is a little bit of reading, 16 through 26. It says, Now it happened as, as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation and this did or this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of he and he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. Lies. And they teach customs that which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore their tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly there was a, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains, chains were loosed. That's a lot of reading. But what I get out of that is Paul and Silas, they did a good thing. Have you ever done a good thing and, and been accused of, of, uh, being the bad guy? Or being lied about? And yet, they did something tremendous. They set this girl free, but because it impacted somebody else's well-being as, as far as making money, they were beaten. I've never been beaten for Christ. But yet, they were beaten. And they, put it, they were put in the innermost prison. I see a great example of Paul and Silas, regardless of the situation, regardless of, of where we may be at, they... At midnight, the darkest hour, they ministered unto the Lord. And they began to sing songs. They began to praise Him. They hungered and thirsted for righteousness. It wasn't about my will. It was about, God, what do you want to do? You know, your will, not my will. I see that here. I see that in their actions. I see that in their commitment. And then it goes on and it says, Suddenly, the foundation of the prison was shaken by a great mul- or a great earthquake. So, again, last Sunday was great. I'm expecting greater things next Sunday. And I'm expecting greater things next Sunday. I don't know when your or my suddenly or immediately may happen. But I sincerely believe it's just around the corner. 
And if it's just around the corner, then we just need to keep hungering and we need to keep thirsting. We need to keep seeking him. We need to keep worshiping him. We need to, we need to press through the crowd. We need to press through whatever that opposition may be. I'm going to hunger and thirst after him. And when I do, the Bible says I'm blessed. And the Bible says that I'll be fulfilled. I'll be filled. Mark chapter 10. Here's another one. Now, I, I really like this one. And, uh, well, I like them all. Um, this one I can relate to a little bit more. I've never been cast into prison. <laughs> I've had some opposition in my life, but we all have. Mark chapter 10, verses 46. Through 52. It says, Now they came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho and his disciples in a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, hope I said that right, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. Hey, shh, something else is going on. You're not important. Shut up, in essence. I can hear people telling him to shut up. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then he called the blind man, saying, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, there's that word again, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. What I like about this one is that I can be in my car, and and, and this just isn't, I'm the one that's sharing, uh, and I'm sure that many others would have many stories uh, and testimonies like this. But when we're in our prayer time, or when we're, uh, just in the car worshiping the Lord. And I kid you not, the Spirit of God will come on you and there'll be a shout that'll come over you. And you begin to speak to that mountain. You begin to yell at that mountain. You begin to confess the Word of God. And immediately things begin to change. Immediately the things that you're hoping and believing for, there is a great earthquake. There, your foundation begins to be shaken. And then God begins to build on it. I love that because there's been many times, you know, uh, there's been times in service to where I would shout and then immediately afterwards I'm thinking, oh, that was stupid. I wonder what people were thinking about me. You know, we got to get past that. We got to forget about the people around us. Now, I'm going to say that, but I'm going to, I love this story. Pastor had given us the permission that if the spirit, you know, if, if something ministers to you just to take your shoes off because we're on holy ground. And I, I, anybody remember that service? I remember that. It wasn't that service, but I think it was the following service out there. I see Reva coming out of her aisle, and she threw her shoe. She threw her shoe. Well, what was happening? She was acting out on faith. She's getting victory. There's, there's something, there, there's an earthquake that's happening within her life, and God's moving. We need to be exorbitant with our praise. 
We shouldn't be quiet. When you go to a football game, when you go to a baseball game and they hit a home run, do you go, oh, yeah, that was good? No, you yell. You shout. Yeah, my team's winning. Touchdown. We should be exorbitant within the house of God. He's, he's not scared of us. You know, so when, 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 when you feel that bubbling in your spirit, yield to it. Don't worry about me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch you, just like I watch Reva. I'm gonna be watching you, but I'm gonna think in whatever they're needing, they're getting. Amen? We, we, you know, we're all brothers and sisters and, and, brothers and sisters in the Lord here. We should always be, be hoping and believing for the best. Doesn't matter what they've done. People knew what I've done. You know, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then we will be filled. All right. I like that. He shouted. He shouted, he shouted, he shouted. And, you know, I, I like shouting. I, I don't mind shouting. All right. Second Corinthians. One twenty. And I'm not going to. Well, it says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Sarah and I were talking, um, and she she made a comment. She says, well, Bible it. I went, what? And yeah, I'm getting a little older, and sometimes I can't hear something. I said, what? She goes, Bible it. I thought, what are you saying? And she says, you know, like, Google it, Bible it. <laughs> and I, and I, I love that. You know, I mean, if you don't know, because you can go to Google and you can go to Wikipedia and you can, there's all kinds of garbage out there. But Bible it. What does the Bible say about it? You know, so Bible it. If you don't know, go to the Bible. Get his word on it. Get what he, his direction on it. I know, I thought that was good. So, the promises of God are, the promises of God are yes and amen. So, Find the promise. Do some digging. Find what belongs to you and feed on that. Feed on that. Crave that. You know, there, there was a lady in England that I knew, and uh, when she was pregnant, she craved um, orange uh, ice pops. That's all that she craved. She just craved them, craved them, craved them. You know, and uh, uh, when you begin to do something, over and over and over, you begin to crave it. I never thought that I would crave a diet Pepsi or a diet Coke, but I, I tried to cut my calories from the, from the sugar pot. And you know what? Oh, it's just so refreshing now. Well, I've made the adjustment. You know, I, I believe that we can make the adjustments. God wants to make adjustments. He wants to give us the kingdom. It's His good pleasure to give us and to keep his promises. So if we hunger and thirst again, we will be filled. All right, so stay hungry. So how do we stay hungry? So I've got uh, six things here, and I'm, I'm going to go through these uh, fairly quickly. Uh, number one, ask God to give you a hunger for him. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and put a right spirit, a new right spirit within me. Ask God to help you. God, I, I want to please you, but I'm, you know, help. Just create in me. 
He's he's the only one that can bring that satisfaction. So, you know, um, Ken had made a, a comment. I said, you know, he was talking about my sister. And I said, you know, I... You can lead a horse to wa- a, a horse to water, but you can't make him make him drink. And I said, and I want to stick her head in the, in the pond. You know, I just want you know. I mean, you know, and and that's just frustration, you know, because I I, I love my sister and I have you know hope hope and, and pray you know for great things for her. And he made a very interesting statement. He goes he goes you need to ask the Lord how to salt her oats. If you want a horse to drink, make it thirsty. And I thought, huh, I'm not that clever. <laughs> you know, but I think about it every now and then. I'm, and so I, I pray, Lord, help me to salt someone's oats today. Because I want them to hunger and thirst after you. I want them to invite you in. I want them to make room for you. So ask God to give you a hunger. Two, guard yourself from being satisfied by worldly pleasures. Hebrews 12.2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes we can get some victories in the world, but that's not where our, that's not where our gratification comes from. It, it's good, but we want to please the Lord first and foremost. Number three, confess and turn from sin. John 2.15 states, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, so you can do like a self-examination. What am I loving? What am I devoting my time to? What am I giving, you know, what am I watching on TV? What am I allowing my eyes to see? Nothing stills um, our love for God quicker than giving ourselves over to sin. Number four, hang out with hungry people. Now I hang out with Ron. And he's always trying to get me to eat eat pickles. I'm never going to eat a pickle. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I used to say I'd never eat rice, but I, I eat rice now. So it's highly unlikely that I'll ever eat a pickle. But if you hang out with hungry people, you tend to get hungry. Because the things that they're doing, you begin to, hey, I, I can do that. I want to do that. Lord, help me do that. And before you know it, you're doing that. So, number five, feast on his word. And I like this, Psalms 34, 8. Says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There is so much more in the Bible that we have yet to uncover. And if we just spend more time there and hunger and thirst after Him, I, I think we would be amazed at what a month or six months or even a year from now would look like. I think we would be amazed. And then number six, as I close, is stay in his presence. Stay in his presence. You know, I'm going to add that run to him. I don't care what you did last night. Ask God for forgiveness and run to him. Run to him. He is never going to cast you away. He's never going to put you aside. If we come to him, he's going to receive us. Stay in his presence and run to him. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.